This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome into another edition of Bragging Rights Week 6 Preview, and wow, what a slate it is. It's kind of funny, though, as I was picking games that we were going to be previewing this week, the ones that are really good are going to hopefully be absolutely delicious. The ones that are not so good are going to be kind of atrocious. So a lot of, or rather several very interesting and meaty matchups, and then uh, a lot of just the best of the rest. So that's what you're in store for today, but I'm super excited. First really feels like pivotal week as we start looking and, and shaping what's going to happen down the stretch here of college football as we sit here in early to mid-October. Before we get into the preview of this week's slate of games, I need to introduce my co-host. My name is Madison. I'm joined, as always, by my brother Pierce. Pierce, how are you? Yeah, you, you, we're, I'm good. You know, we hit on it last week um, in our week or this past uh, podcast in our recap. First time since the 90s that there are three matchups between undefeated teams um, of five and oh or, or, or better. So unbelievable slate, but you're right. There are some really funny ones and even like some good ones that are just funny, like NC State Syracuse, you know, NC State. Yeah, thinking they might be, a, 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 you know, competing for the ACC this season. Uh, reports are Devin Leary's shoulder injury is not good, so uh, he won't be playing this week, uh, or he's very doubtful if not ruled out already. Um, so that makes that game, you know, maybe a little easier to pick, but just kind of like an eh game where you don't really watch these two teams. So, um, but excited to jump in. There are some interesting ones that you know USC Utah is one I've had you know highlighted on, um, and I don't know if we're yeah we are picking that. I've had this slotted since the beginning of the year between potentially the two teams fighting it out for the Pac-12. Obviously, Utah has struggled some, but most teams struggle on the road. So excited to jump in this week. A lot of strange storylines, a lot of unique storylines, um, and a lot of good games. Yeah, and a couple ones we're not picking that are at least interesting, um, if not super pivotal for what's at stake with the rest of the season. BYU and Arkansas play this week. When are we ever going to see that matchup again? Um, and then some really lopsided things that, quite frankly, um, I'm interested to see if some of these teams that have really big major point spreads can cover. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that this is going to end up being – I'm hoping it ends up living to the billing. You you love to talk about how the stinky slates sometimes be the, are the best ones. I'm hoping that, in this case, the, uh, the one that seems the most intriguing doesn't end up being one that's absolutely atrocious. But you just don't know until some of these undefeated teams play. Some of these undefeated teams – Really haven't been tested yet, so this is going to be very interesting to see what happens. Let's just dive right in, Pierce. The first game of the Do week it. that we need to talk about: the number ten state pit Penn State, the number ten Penn State, state Nittany Lions. <laughs> Lord of mercy, what a tongue twister! The number ten Penn State Nittany Lions in the big house to take on the number five Michigan Wolverines. That game is at noon Eastern time on Fox. Both teams are sitting undefeated, though Michigan has one extra game. In hand. That being said, I mean, what's been their big test of the season so far, Pierce? I'm not sure I can point to anything. I can't remember who they opened the season with. Penn State did have to go to Auburn and looked very dominant in that, but have shown that there are some potential cracks there. Um, the line for that reason is sitting at seven points, Michigan being the favorite in that one. I wish this game was a night game. I'm not going to lie because I think it would be an all time color matchup. I'm not sure if it's been confirmed or denied yet. But the rumor on the street is that Penn State will be in their all-whites, obviously being the road team. Michigan supposedly will be wearing their um, all-maze uniforms and doing a maze out, which will be very interesting and, and like I said, an all-time color matchup. Uh, two, two powerhouses that are going to want to have a say in what happens on their side of the Big Ten. Obviously, they have a very formidable foe waiting for them. Both have to play Ohio State, have yet to do so. Um, I mean... I think that once Jim Harbaugh made his decision with who was going to be his star quarterback, it started to click more for Michigan, but they haven't had their, I mean, it's not like they haven't had their, their missteps and their worries. They are three and three against the spread so far. They haven't necessarily been covering. Um, and like I said, with Penn state, they haven't really played anybody that test at Auburn seemed like a really big deal, but now we're kind of going, was it really, you did have to play injured in here though. Um, 
Sean Clifford, if I'm not mistaken, is banged up. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is he is he banged up for this game or no? Who that is something we'll need to look at. Okay. Um, I am not sure. When did, did he get banged up last week? I thought I heard that Sean Clifford was banged up, but let me give me this a quick Google search. I know. I mean, we're dealing with we're at the point of the season where it, what quarterback isn't. So he's healthy now, it says, supposedly. Okay. So maybe he had previously. He's a guy that perpetually plays injured, too. He's a guy that likes Honestly. to run. And, and, and he's, he, you know, if I feel like every season he's doing, doing the starting quarterback, you go, well, he's dinged up and it's week one. You're like, yeah. well, what, what the heck's going on? He's just a guy that gets hit often. Yeah, 100%. And I will say this. They do have to go. Sean Clifford will be going up against a Michigan defense that's doing pretty well. That being said, they are going to allow you to score points. So I don't see seven being coverable for Michigan, if I'm being honest with you. I think they win this game, Pierce, at home. But I think this one's a close one. Maybe a little bit of a of a hard to get up for a game like this. I have a feeling they're going to be the favorite in a lot of the media's eyes. And there's something to be said about, uh, I forgot who somebody on game day said it when Florida and Tennessee were squaring off. And I don't think they ended up, I can't remember if they picked, it might have been Kirk. I don't know if he picked Tennessee or not, but he said, listen, the thing you have to remember is Florida is hearing everything that we're saying. And they're out there and they're hearing all these people say, Tennessee's the better team. They're going to be so fired up. They're going to get the best of of this Florida team. And they're getting pissed off. And I think that might be the case here with Penn State. I think that they have, for lack of a better term, a little bit more on the line here, a little bit more to prove. Um, and I think that maybe Michigan gets caught on their heels a little bit. It's not a look-ahead spot by any stretch of the imagination. But maybe, just maybe, overlooking who most consider the third most important team over there on the Big Ten East. So I'm going to take Penn State plus the points. But I think Michigan ekes it out at home. Just don't cover. They, I mean, they haven't. They haven't been covering. They've been letting teams like Iowa score points on them. So I like Sean Clifford to have a pretty good day and the Penn State team to keep up with Michigan. What about you? Yeah, weird line. Um, you know, I think going into this game, Michigan's a team that hasn't played anybody, so they haven't really been tested. They, you know, the last couple games um, uh, against Indiana and then a few weeks ago against Maryland, you know, Maryland's a, a solid team. Indiana's pretty bad. Um, I know that Michigan did have to go on the road in that game, but that's not a crazy home field advantage. And they got off to slow starts. Um, you know, really a couple scores late in those games uh, gave them double-digit uh, wins. So that that concerns me a little bit. Um, McCarthy has been up and down. Um, you know, hasn't been quite the dynamic lightning rod that, that people thought he'd be when they went away from McNamara. And, and, you know, I think he'll still be able to get there in his career. I just think it's, uh, you know, he's doing what he needs to do uh, in order for Michigan to, to win these games. And, and that's all fair and dandy. When you look on Penn, at Penn State side, this is a team that is it can also be very up and down, at least as long as Clifford has been at the helm uh, in Happy Valley. And, you know, Maybe this is the year that they are able to, you know, run the table or come close to it. They certainly looked the part at Auburn. And I think what I like most about Penn State this year, you know, last year in, in some of those games, they were going to make Sean Clifford beat them. And, and the running backs just weren't able to get many yards. I'm, I'm thinking mainly of that Auburn game in Happy Valley last year where, you know, Noah Kane, I think was their running back at the time, was only getting two, three yards every, every carry. So it was all on Sean Clifford. Now they pull that out and it's a close game. I loved seeing them go on the road to Auburn and just run all over them. And um, they've got a couple of backs and, and a couple of young backs as well uh, that I think will be able, will, might be the difference in this game. That being said, I am going Michigan. This line seems too high, and I'm wondering why. I know this can be pretty dumb logic. It won't be something that I'll be playing on my card, but seven seven makes me think, what what what, what is the what do the books know that I don't know here? Because I would have put this one maybe at Michigan at a field goal. Um, so I'm going to go Michigan in this one. I think being at home is a huge advantage uh, for the Wolverines, and and I think they'll eke out. It's going to be close. Um, I think I'm, I'm hoping for a late field goal to get a ten point uh, cover, uh, ten point win in this one. And the cover, uh, it, this one does scare me though. I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, so maybe you're smart taking the points in that smart in that close of a margin. Um, but I, I think this line is telling, and, and so therefore I will go with the Wolverine. All right, we're on opposite picks so far. We'll see if we keep that train rolling. Over on the other side, peers of the Big Ten, the Minnesota Golden Gophers and the number twenty four. Illinois fighting Illini at 12 Eastern time on the Big Ten Network. Minnesota, a six and a half point favorite there on the road. They, of course, coming off of 
a loss to Purdue, their first of the season, a loss to Purdue there at home. So maybe a little bit of a get-right spot for them, though they do have Penn State next week, so maybe a little bit of a look-ahead spot. Who knows? You can play with the logic there all day. On the other side, Illinois, early loss at Indiana, but since then have beaten Virginia, Chattanooga, Wisconsin, and a disgusting game versus Iowa. Um, Six and a half points at home is making me want to. It feels like a little bit like not a sucker line per se, but I'm just like, well, you'd feel like Illinois might be able to handle that. Uh, That being said, this Minnesota team, when they get rolling, really, really – uh, can find their stride offensively, right? Like they, they really can find that groove. Um, obviously with Ibrahim, is he still a hundred percent or I, I, I keep forgetting if he's still a hundred percent or not. He's he probably not a hundred. Really he bad. did sit out last week. Um, okay. I would expect him to go in this one. I don't know the extent of his injury. It was one of those injuries where you knew he was a little dinged up, but right. people backed Minnesota and he didn't play and every those backers were going, what what the hell's going on here? I would never bet this if Ibrahim was out. So it was played close to the vest. I would assume he plays in this one, but again, don't know the severity. Yeah. Well, I'm, I think I'm just going to roll with Minnesota. I'm going to not going to lie. I've not watched many of either of these teams, but I think there's more to play. If you're Minnesota, Illinois is having a special season, no doubt uh, between having the, um, transfer quarterback Tommy DeVito and, uh, you know, just being able to beat some of these teams that historically they haven't been able to, though Wisconsin, what is that, you know, at the end of the day? What is Iowa at the end of the day? They are at home, which does bode well for them. That being said, I, I'm going to take Minnesota minus the points. It just kind of feels like a get-right spot for them and maybe a little bit of a playing pissed-off situation because they are coming off of that loss. And I think at the end of the day, P.J. Fleck just has this team a little bit more ready to go than uh, than the old – Big old guy there at uh, Illinois, Brett Bielema. So I'm going to go Minnesota with this one, though I don't feel confident at all. The over-under for what it's worth, Pierce, 38 points. That just shows you what uh, <laughs> – yeah, that just shows you with these two teams. That being said, if Minnesota gets going like I think they're going to get going, in order to cover that point spread, it, it should go over. I probably wouldn't play this one, but if I were to, I might have to take a little bit of a parlay Minnesota over type situation because they're going to probably have to go over in order to cover that point spread. But uh, perhaps I'm an idiot. Who knows? What are you saying about this game? Yeah, this is another tight one. Um, a lot of big, a lot of tight games uh, and spreads in the Big Ten this week. You know, I really like what Illinois and Brett Bielema have been doing. Brett Bielema is a great coach. I don't think, uh, I don't think people respect what he's able, you know done in his career i know illinois certain fans certainly do now after seeing what i mean gosh he came he, last year was his first year i believe and he's already got them you know beating teams that they hadn't beaten iowa since 2008 that just goes to show you how poor they've been the last 14 years and also how quickly bielema has gotten this thing turned around chase brown the running back for illinois is a, is a top five maybe top seven running back in this country um, really surprised me doing very well there. I do worry. And this is why I'm going to take the Gophers. I do worry because Tommy DeVito got hurt last week and, and it doesn't appear that he's going to be playing this week. Um, Switkowski will be going for Illinois. And you saw last week when he played um, in that game against Iowa, they just weren't able to move the ball. They, there's no threat of throwing, so so teams can load the box on Chase Brown. He's good enough to get his yards, but I just think Minnesota can outscore Illinois in this spot. Um, I do think it'll be a lower scoring game, like a 21-10 or a um, you know maybe a seven or a 17-10 type of game. Minnesota only has to get to a touchdown to cover this. Um, as a result, I will take Minnesota. Uh, I do think Tanner Morgan and company will will have a good game uh, last week or two weeks ago, rather, did lose to Purdue. But I think people are looking at that game and, and Tanner Morgan played played poorly. But up to this point, he's played fairly well getting their offensive coordinator back, uh, which Tanner Morgan is comfortable with. I think they're due for a, a, a turnaround here in a in a in a big spot that maybe people are overlooking them. And then I think this is also a spot where people are backing Illinois because they've, they've had some good wins against teams they haven't beaten in years. Um, I think this is a little bit of a letdown spot. And because of uh, the backup quarterback being in for Illinois, I think this is Minnesota all the way. So give me the Gophers minus six and a half. All right. I feel better about my decision now. 
hearing your logic because I was just going off of gut. So I love to hear that. All right, let's talk about the games at the 3.30 slate. Starting off with probably the least meaty, but we got to do it. I told Pierce, I said, listen, we have a pretty strong contingent of people who are Georgia fans, so I just feel like we got to talk about the dogs. Um, and this game, I'm hoping, is a boring one, and I don't have to pay attention to it long because I want to pay attention to the other games at 3.30. But with how the dogs have been playing so far, can't swear by that. The Vanderbilt Commodores in Athens, Georgia, to take on the number one Georgia Bulldogs. That game is at 3.30 Eastern time on the SEC Network. Not sure why this one is a 3.30 game. I would have rather it been a noon game so that we can get it over with and get on to the rest of the slate. Nobody, nobody really is betting that Vanderbilt will win this game, but there's been a couple games so far this season, Pierce, that people wouldn't have bet on that came down certainly closer. Uh, we talked about last or the last episode, so like yesterday, two days ago, based on when you're hearing this, uh, that Stetson... Dealt with a little bit of an injury there in Mizzou. Still seemed to be not 100% with Auburn. Um, that being said, I don't necessarily see Vanderbilt able to get a ton of pressure on the mailman there. Uh, listen, Vanderbilt's 3-3. Three and three. They've pretty much lost the games you'd expect. They pretty much won the games you'd expect. That being said, this line is 38 points, and that's a freaking lot of points. Georgia's at 3-3 three and three against the spread so far this season. I mean, I have no reason to think that they won't cover this, but I don't have a ton of faith. That being said, like I already said, Vanderbilt might be able to scare Georgia just for a second. It's in Georgia, though, and I just don't see a world where we don't look up and go, okay, that's about how we expected in Georgia hung, you know, 45 points on them. Um, I think that Georgia's probably one of the better, if not the best, defense they've played so far. So I don't see them necessarily scoring a ton. Um, and I think that this is going to be, as scary as it is to say, I think this is going to be a Georgia cover spot. And uh, like I said, hopefully we're not paying attention to this game much after like the first half. Um, but there's a lot of, this is going to be interesting to me because there's a lot of question marks here for Georgia. And while I don't, like I said, I don't think they're going to lose this game. I don't think they're any any worry about that per se, though anything could happen. It's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do with a 38-point spread and whether or not they're able to cover that because as bad as it sounds, we always talk about how the good teams win, the great teams cover. And it's funny how I'm getting talked crap to because Georgia's not covering their point spreads. And it's like, well, but we're winning the game. So we'll see here if Georgia really can get it done. 38 points is a lot, but I'm going to take the dogs just because in what world is Vanderbilt able to score more than like 10 points? So I'm going to take the dogs. Man, I'm really torn over this one because this is a uh, Vanderbilt team where not necessarily backing them uh, in the betting market week in and week out, but been playing uh, over-unders on them and, and riding their overs because I do like what this offense uh, uh, is able to do. I think Swan's come in and done uh, done a particularly good job. I think there are a couple factors at play here that um, are interesting. 230 I think if this were an 11 o'clock game, I'd be a little bit more worried about Georgia uh, being able to cover this spread. 2.30, I think, uh, I think is this a, the CBS game? SEC Network. Okay. Regardless, um, 2.30 will get allow, uh, will allow a lot of people to, uh, you know, partake in some extracurricular activities and, and, and be all nice and lubed up going into that game. Um, hopefully everybody shows up and shows out. I don't think the fan base has any worry or the dogs fans should not worry about that. They usually do show up and show out. I do worry about a, a late backdoor cover. I, while I know what you're talking about in regards to Georgia being better than Alabama, I, I don't know if I'm going to, I'm kind of neutral there. What I have seen from Georgia is they tend to, when because they are a younger team this year, they start putting backups in. And as a result, you might start seeing some sloppy play. You saw Auburn get a late touchdown um, in their game. You know, obviously they didn't look all that good against Missouri. Um, Kent State was able to do some things on them. So I do think Vandy gets to to 14 or 17 here. Do you think Georgia can get to 52? I think they could. Do I think do I think they will? Could because here's another thing to think about. Remember on t- in 2020 when Vanderbilt canceled twice on us. It was the last game of the season. The seniors did not get to walk as a result of that out in, in, in front of the crowd and have senior day. And 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 you saw last year, Georgia took that personally. I think it was 31-0 at the end of the first quarter um, on the road at Vandy. Could we see something similar to that? 
I, I think we could. Do you think Kirby does that? I, I'm not sure because I think that he, he's going to want to, if it does get out of hand early, which I think it probably does, I think he goes to his backups pretty quickly here to try to get everybody up to speed because, like I said, that first unit is is pretty darn good. It's it's when now that we're starting to see some attrition, we're seeing backup guys that are pretty young and inexperienced come in. And and what happens if they go down? They you know then you're really putting some babies in there. Um, so I, I'm torn about this game. I'm going to ride Vanderbilt here plus thirty eight because I could see a backdoor cover here. Um, and and quite frankly, I think Georgia is struggling from a little bit of uh, that still that first game against Oregon. Because Oregon's now being respected, and and you've seen that they've really turned things around and, and been winning in convincing fashion uh, in the last game against Arizona, and and going on the road and winning, and Bo Nix has looked better. I think there's a little bit of um you know that first game bias for Georgia where people are looking at that going, well, we just got to make this team with these big spreads like they were last year. Well. I think you've seen those big spreads aren't as easily coverable. And and this feels like a spot where I think Georgia should be 30 point favorites. I mean, let me ask you this. Do you think Vandy could beat Auburn? Oof. Uh, is I'd, it I'd, I'd probably before put them as a pick after Harson gets fired. Uh, I mean, either or. Um, I think Auburn would be able to score some points on Vandy. Vandy's defense isn't very good. But yeah. I think I think Vandy would be able to score with them, don't you? I mean, I don't know. I think Robbie Ashford is a pretty, pretty um, competent and athletic back or quarterback, I should say. Um, I mean, I think that Auburn probably wins that game, but I think it's close. I mean, they they gave Ole Miss a run for their money in the first half. I thought to myself, "Holy heck, what's happening here?" Ole Miss pulled away. Um, I think that you know Auburn squeaks it out. I think that Vanderbilt is one of the more improved teams. Um, and that's not hard to do at Vanderbilt. Um, but I just don't ever appears. I don't see a world where their best bet, and this sounds terrible to say their best bet is to turn into a Purdue or a, um, I'm trying to think of some other teams and other conferences. Purdue's our one. We always talk about And Iowa state, Iowa state's gotten better. Um, but a team that is your muck it up team, the team that is, you know, you're kind of scared to play, not because necessarily they're going to be, a, you know, it's more of a trap game type situation. And Vandy has been that in the past. Um, but I don't know if I th- see that from them this year. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really torn on this game because 38 seems a little high. Again, I think it should be at 30, 31. Going through some of the games that have been played. I, I'm going to go Georgia because it's at home. I oh, don't feel comfortable. Yeah, you know, I was I, I, I know I said Vandy and I, I, I think that's where my heart lies right now as far as because I've I've loved what Vandy's done. I mean I backed him last week. I'm counting that as a win last week. That that piece of piece of shit Lane Kiffin. Sorry for the hard S word. Lane Kiffin trying to punch it in with 20 seconds left is such a scumbag move. He did that just so he could cover the spread. I, I'm a hundred percent positive. Vandy covered that spread. Um so maybe I'm just going off of uh you know that game and knowing that Vandy played so well. Ole Miss's defense is not Georgia um, I, if Vandy can get to 17, then I think they cover, but I think this is more of like a 10 to 14 point game. And I think Georgia can get to 50. It's, I know that. And, and it, that scares me now because Georgia has not looked good offensively, but, um, if they can get that run game going it'll open up the play action passing. Um, so I, I think this will probably be like a 52 to 52 to 10 type of game. Yeah. If they, well, again, can I bring if they up get to 14, that covers. So. As you were talking, I was looking over the schedules and stuff, and I was just kind of thinking through things. The one thing you have to remember here is Georgia's going into a bye week, and then what do we? What comes after that bye week is Florida. Um, so, and then immediately after Florida, I believe is Tennessee. I don't even think there's any time in between. Then you have Mississippi State. So you've got three games here that are going to be super big tests and super and big. And then Kentucky. And then Kentucky. Well, I'm less scared about Kentucky now than I used to be, but yeah, you have you're going into your big major stretch. This, for lack of a better term, and I hate to say this about Vandy. This is the reason. This is another reason I think Georgia covers is this is your last opportunity to go in and work on some things and get that confidence and get that momentum because you don't have next week. Next week's a bye week. You know, get get your minds right, get your bodies right before you go into this super brutal stretch. I think that that could turn into Vandy being a little bit of a punching bag. Yes, to maybe get some young people some some touches, but I think it could be one of those that that Kirby goes, "Hey, we need to keep scoring so that we can work on some of these offensive things and try some things out that we haven't been able to." And there, I don't think you see a sleepwalking effect this week as we've seen in the past, which has been Georgia's Achilles heel so far. So kind of some logic I'm thinking through there that I'm like, this is, I mean, 
This is your last tough or not tough. This is your t- last cupcake game until um, maybe Tech at the end of the season that really you can, you know, flex your muscles. Yeah, I sure hope. I, I you'll definitely know within the first eight minutes of this ball game if if it's three nothing or seven nothing. Um, I think Vandy covers. Georgia's got to get out quick and really, um, you know, put the pedal to the metal and 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 get up on these guys because if not, you leave. Uh, you know, if if we can get up big, I don't. I think Vandy could end up pulling some of their starters, especially Swan, late in the fourth quarter if this game's out of hand to preserve his health. Um, so I think it's imperative that Georgia gets out to a, a to a quick lead, a fourteen nothing. You know, mm-hmm. with uh, four or five minutes left in the first, if they can do that, I like Georgia. I like Georgia in this one. If not. Don't be surprised if Vandy covers uh, this spread um, or or even, you know, covers it fairly easy. Yeah. Well, enough about that game because it's one of the more boring ones. we got to move on to some more pressing matters. The number 15 NC State Wolfpack and the number 18 Syracuse Orange at 3.30 Eastern time on the ACC Network. Syracuse home favorites by three and a half points. NC State's lone blemish on the season so far, far coming in a road loss to Clemson albeit somewhat close. Uh, Syracuse, on the other hand, remains unbeaten so far in the season, but they ain't played nobody, Paul, um, though they have looked good in those wins. Um, I think that this is a, I mean, NC State should have lost to Florida State last week. A questionable call there from head ball coach Mike Norvell. Um Devin Leary is supposedly hurt. We don't know 100% if he's playing or not. I'm pretty sure he's not. I think that this is, unfortunately, a little bit of an unraveling here for NC State. I think Syracuse covers this spread. Now, that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a little bit of a um, get-right spot for NC State. Stupid coming off of a win, but it could be. But I just think that NC State is battered and bruised, and I don't necessarily see them being able to go into a tough environment and, uh, and and bully Syracuse at all. And I think that three and a half is just too low for me to think that the home favorite doesn't, doesn't cover that. I think that Syracuse's offense is just slightly better than NC State, especially without Devin O'Leary. Devin, I keep calling it O'Leary. Devin Leary. Well, the other thing too, Pierce, is that one thing we are noticing across college football, call it the transfer portal situation, whatever, backup quarterbacks aren't what they used to be. Um, and, and I don't necessarily, I don't know who his backup is, and I don't know what that situation will look like, but if if the backup plays the entire game or gets substantial play time, I don't I don't necessarily think NC State's going to be able to hang with Syracuse. So I'm going to take Syracuse minus the three and a half, uh, and I think that this fun season for them, special season for them, keeps rolling. Give me the orange. Yeah, this is a God. This is a weird game. I I, I wonder what the spread would be. I assume NC State minus two, minus, or maybe a pick'em if Devin Leary was in there. I, I did end up catching some of the end of that NC State game last week against FSU. FSU should have won that game. A boneheaded throw that was picked off in the end zone when they could have just need the ball and kicked a field goal to win um, was pretty pretty wild decision there. Uh, I like what Syracuse has been doing all season. The thing that scares me about Syracuse is I feel like they tend to kind of let their opponents stay in the game. Uh, you know, I don't think they're a team that's just going to run away from an NC State. NC State does have a pretty good defense, um, despite what they might have on offense right now being injured. Um, but I do think this line is this line actually scares me almost away from Syracuse because it feels too low. Um, the NC State quarterback played well, but he couldn't he wasn't he, he didn't play well throwing. He was just a runner, and and they, that was just enough to preserve the lead against Florida State. I'll tell you this right now. If NC State can't score uh, 20 or more, then they have no chance of winning this game. But like I said, you look at their previous games, Virginia hasn't been very good. They've been downright awful all season. Syracuse kind of let them hang around in that game. Purdue's a pretty sneaky good team. They did pull out the win, but that was a three-point game. So, you know, other than the Louisville win, which was kind of an anomaly at the beginning of the season, they they have they do allow their t- um, opponents to keep it close. I'm just not sure how close they this NC State team can keep it unless their defense, um, you know, stands on its head all game. And and I think Sean Tucker's a very good running back. Um, they've they've you know gotten good quarterback play as well with Garrett Schrader. So give me Syracuse minus three and a half. Um, but don't be surprised if this one's tied uh, going into the final few minutes. Yeah, I mean, I would have told you all season long this would be a no game, but I just think that the hot hand 
lies with the Syracuse Orange. Let's talk about another game here at 3.30 Eastern Time. Pearson is the number eight Oklahoma State Cowboys in Fort Worth. Take on your number 13 TCU Horn Frogs. TCU home favorites by three and a half points. Um, TCU obviously had that phenomenal win at Kansas last week. Uh, shout out really quick to the Kansas quarterback, Jalen Daniels, who uh, tore a peck, did it say? Shoulder peck um, in his in that uh, in that game. He is out for the rest of the season. But that doesn't take away from what TCU has done so far. They have absolutely, I mean, we've called it, we've uh, picked a couple of these games, and I think I've picked against TCU each time. It's going to be really hard for me to do that today if I do inside if I do decide to do that. Oklahoma State also perfect on the season with their most impressive win being at Baylor 36 to 25. Uh Spencer Sanders has looked really good. He is the quarterback who is overlooked um and has been always had potential in the offseason but never lived up to the hype. He looks a lot better this season. Not to be outdone, Max Duggan is also putting up prolific numbers. Uh, 14 touchdowns, only one interception on the season. I I'm really torn on what to do with this, but I think I'm going, oh gosh, I do think Oklahoma State's good. Don't get me wrong. I think Oklahoma State's a good team, but I got to roll with the Horn Frogs. They're 4-0-1 against the spread peers. They're back at home. They've got a lot of momentum and a lot of belief behind them, and I got a feeling that a lot of the media, despite the line, will be picking Oklahoma State because they're, quote-unquote, the more traditional team. And I think I think that gets TCU inspired. You know the atmosphere here a lot better. I'm hoping that their fans come out and show out. Um, it, 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 Texas football is always phenomenal, although TCU might be one of the more overlooked teams. I just think that what, like I said, Max Duggan and company have done so far on offense. It's going to be, I think, an old-fashioned shootout. And I like the home team in that one. So I am going to take the TCU Horn Frogs minus the points. Whew, I'm uh, torn on this one solely because this team has been playing well, and and I said it last week. I'm gonna take Kansas plus the points that ended up pushing, but I didn't want to mess with the mojo of of TCU, so I feel obligated to do that again. Um, but boy, this is an interesting game. I, I think it's two defenses that are scrappy, but not necessarily uh, you know maybe elite. Like Oklahoma State last year was great. Jim Knowles obviously got poached. Um, by Ohio State in the offseason. There's a reason why. Um, and, and on the flip side, they did lose some good defensive players. And in fact, one of them did transfer to uh, to um, Ohio State. So I'm not sure... I'm not sure their defense is all that great. That they're they're ranked 104 in total defense right now. TCU's not much better. I think at 98. These are two offenses that score a good bit. Um, at home, I think that does help. Uh, I'm sorry, TCU's 93 in total defense. I think that does help this TCU team. We'll see. I think uh, I think that they'll come out fired up and ready to play. I, I, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. Like I said, I feel obligated here. Um, it's more of a superstitious thing, but I, I, I do kind of feel good about TCU at the uh, you know uh, in my heart of hearts. So I, I think these are the type of games that TCU tends to get up up to. Um, and I think their defense will play a little bit better this week. And and I think when you look at Oklahoma State, they're getting propped up right now by a couple big wins. And you could argue TCU, you know, that Oklahoma win, Oklahoma's looked downright awful. Um, but two things I like about TCU here, TCU is one of the only teams left that is undefeated with uh, um, when it comes to against the spread. They've covered everyone but the Kansas one, and that was a push. And then I think on Oklahoma's side of things, they're getting propped up right now by Baylor and Texas Tech. Listen, I know that game going on the road in any co- big conference is, is tough, and Baylor's a very scrappy team. They're well coached, but you know they they've lost a couple times now, and that Baylor loss is not looking so good anymore. Um, they they got, I mean, the score might not have indicated it, but they got whooped by Notre Dame last week in in Vegas, which was shocking to me. Um, they got absolutely manhandled by Oregon, so I don't think that win looks as good. Listen, I'm taking Oklahoma State because I have to because I'm being superstitious here, but I think the smart pick is TCU, and I think they get this one done. Yeah, and I mean, it is one of those games that you feel the energy in the air, um, and three and a half doesn't feel like a whole lot. Uh, Enemy of the podcast, used to be friend of the podcast, but she told me last week she doesn't listen anymore. Enemy of the podcast, Summer Frazier, is hoping that I'm wrong and you're right. That being said, I like the frogs in that one. 
Let's talk about the last really juicy matchup here at 3.30 Eastern time, and that would be the number three Alabama Crimson Tide and the number six Tennessee Volunteers. That game, 3.30 Eastern time on CBS. The last time Tennessee beat Alabama Pierce was 2006. There was no iPhones, no Uber, no Instagram. These kids don't. I mean, you have to be 16 years old to have been alive for the last time Tennessee beat Alabama. That is absolutely insane. Knoxville is going to be rocking, but they are six or sorry, seven and a half point dogs there at home. Bama has looked human, Pierce. Both of their big, uh, bigger tests, I guess, of the season. They they did take care of Arkansas, but nobody really expected that to not happen. The state of Texas has given them absolutely scares, the beating Texas 20 to 19. And then, of course, last week beating Texas and them 20 to uh, 24 to 20, though very easily could have been a loss. Tennessee, on the other hand, has been impressive. They have wins over Pitt, Florida, and LSU, all while those teams were ranked. Though I will say this, they jump off to really fast leads and they let these teams come back. Um, and that scares me a little bit for them in this one because if you give an inch to an Alabama team, you're they're going to take a mile. The big question mark is what is the deal with Bryce Young? He, of course... Did not play last week versus Texas A&M. Was dressed out and ready to go in case of emergency situations, but did not see the field. Milrow didn't really impress. Um, I think that this team is very pedestrian without Bryce Young. On the other hand, Hendon Hooker uh, is also nothing, not too shabby, I should say. He's really good. Um, I don't necessarily think he's one of the top three quarterbacks in the SEC, but he's certainly one of the top five, and I think this team owes a lot of what they are to Alabama. The difference to me, Pierce, is what it's going to come down to is whether Tennessee can get a few stops or not versus Alabama. I'm not going to put it lightly. Their defense is not good. Um, They really can't tackle, and they struggle to uh, slow teams down. Now, they're going to outpace you. This this Tennessee team might be the fastest in the nation. I don't know statistically if that's true or not. but they're gonna they're gonna be slinging the ball, and so that is going to be a big test for this Alabama secondary that I don't think they've really seen a ton of. Uh, definitely, I think Kenneth Hooker is. Well, I did see. Um, I should take that back. I was about to say they haven't seen a good quarterback like Kenneth Hooker, but they did play Quinn Ewers, and we saw what he was able to do. He carved up the Alabama defense. Um, I just feel like something special is brewing in Tennessee. I can't help it. I think that Bama wins this game. Um, I'm not ready to think that Tennessee has quite turned that corner. Um, I posed the question to you last week, who's got a better shot of, or uh, does Tennessee have a better shot of beating Bama or Georgia? I think they have a better shot of beating, or actually the question was, who's got a better shot of beating Bama, us or uh, us as in Georgia or Tennessee? Um, but I'm going to reframe that. I think Tennessee's got a better shot of beating Georgia than they do Alabama. I just don't see it happening. That being said, I do think this crowd gets up. I think Bama gets put back on their heels and are going to have to uh, to come from behind potentially to win this one. But like I said, Tennessee almost melts down in the fourth quarter and and teams come back. Uh, we saw it. I don't remember the, the cadence of scoring in Pitt. I don't remember if that was a comeback or not. I know for a fact Florida was, and, and Florida almost won that game and very really could have won that game. Um, and LSU was super dominant, although they did start to unravel a little bit as well. Um, so, yeah, actually kind of sort of, yeah. So they went out at, at halftime. They were up 24 to 17 over Pitt, and then Pitt scored 10 in the fourth quarter. So they're going to let you kind of, kind of. it's almost like they get too tired. So it's fun, something funny about when you want to run an off, up-tempo offense. You tire out the other defense, but it also probably means your defense is on the field a lot, and I think maybe that might be what's happening. Although, I like I said, their defense is... Wow. Um, I think Tennessee covers this one, but I do think they lose. I think Alabama is, is just a little bit too talented for Tennessee, but I do like this one to be a close one. And I think I think what's brewing on Rocky Top is special, and I think having that home crowd. I was there a few weeks ago. It's raucous. It's a good time. They're going to be liquored up. They're going to be super excited. Um, I just don't see – if Bryce Young plays – I don't see them being able to beat Bama, but who knows? He's not going to be 100%. We know that much. So give me the Vols, though, very, very trepidatiously. Yeah, this is one where there's that caveat. This is all dependent on if Bryce Young plays or doesn't play. Um, I think that that could quite be the difference in this uh, this line. I think that's seven and a half. 
I think that's a pretty easy sign that the, that someone knows something and that Bryce Young's playing. Because I think going into this game, uh, you would expect it to be Bama minus three, maybe even closer to a pick uh, the way Tennessee has been playing. And it's going to be very telling about both of these teams. I, I tend to agree with you. I tend to think that this game stays closer. I think that uh, regardless of some of the statistics I'm about to throw out, it just feels like one that's going to play close and be potentially an all-time classic. However, I think if one team wins, I think you're going to see it's going to be Bama by more than seven and a half. Um, when you look at it, uh, as far as total defense, Tennessee's up towards in the 80s, mid to late 80s, early 90s. And and quite frankly, their passing defense is one of the worst in Division One. Um, they are 128th. Uh, I believe out of uh, what 150 teams or whatever that is, um, that that's that's quite frankly bad. And they lost their captain. Um, well, I would assume he's lost. Actually, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me one bit if he plays in this game. He uh, he got arrested on Sunday for a felony assault charge. What? Um, yeah, they're starting safety and the captain of their defense. He wears the C. Um, I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me if Tennessee allowed him to play despite him being a felon, but the two previous guys that got, uh, that got arrested for, um, felony assault, I, I think it was more of a domestic thing. Um, were both kicked off the team quickly. So I think that's, uh, certainly if you're a Tennessee fan, you're, 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 you're looking around going, why, why us? Why now? What, what are you doing, doing that? Um, because that for a defense that struggles on the back end, uh, to begin with, that's a big blow. Um, I think the – I also am surprised that this line is so high because they're coming off a big win against LSU. You would think their their line might be a little bit less because because of how good they looked. I'm going to go Bama in this one minus a 7.5. I, I don't like it. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. I've already taken Tennessee in, in real life pretty big actually. Um, that, that hook of, of 7.5, that hook there – Seems like too much because I do feel like this is a close game, but this line is telling me otherwise. I, I think Tennessee comes out here and really struggles to slow down Bryce Young, but it will be interesting because remember, what have we been saying about Alabama all year? This is a different Alabama team because they're they're breaking in some pretty young receivers, mm-hmm. and they're not receivers that are able to create separation like they've had in the past with all the plethora of of wideouts. You know, you name them, and so they're starting to get better. But I think it's going to take a little while for them to, you know, maybe they don't get it going until the next, you know, the back half of the season or late in the last couple games of the season. Or maybe it takes an influx of, of, of some other talent going into next year because I just haven't seen it. Um, I, I do think, though, that Gibbs will be able to do some good things running and catching the ball out of the backfield. I do worry a little bit about Bryce Young's health. But if this is truly something that's happened before before on a number of t- uh, occasions, it seems like he, he knows what to expect and can bounce back from it. Um, so I'm going to go Bama here minus seven and a half. Um, but it's going to be telling for both teams because, uh, something's got to give here and, you know, maybe it's that Tennessee's defense on the back end is just that bad. Um, and, and Bryce Young's able to exploit it. So give me, uh, give me Alabama here minus seven and a half, but remember I did take Tennessee already. So, um, kind of a conflict of interest. So Jalen McCullough, their senior safety, was arrested for felony assault, like you said. This is the third player in the past two months to be arrested on assault charges. Uh, offensive lineman Savion Herring was arrested in September. In August, linebacker William Mohan Mohan was arrested for felony aggravated domestic assault. Both players were dismissed from the football team. So we'll see if that also is what happens there to that senior safety, Jalen McCullough. But wow, what an interesting uh, line of discipline issues there for Tennessee. Uh, interesting. All right, let's, excuse me. Let's talk about the games at the later slate, the seven thirty Eastern time on ABC game is the number four Clemson Tigers in Tallahassee to take on the Florida state Seminoles, perhaps Clemson's last big test before we see what happens with them down the stretch. Everybody's already penciling them in as a playoff team, rightfully so they have looked impressive so far. Florida State has a couple of losses that were closer. Last week certainly could have been a win coming off of those two back-to-back Wake Forest and NC State. This is going to be um, it's going to be interesting to see how they rebound. I'll just say that. Um, the point spread Pierce, Florida State home dogs, three and a half points they will be picking up. Um, I I don't know. I don't I, 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 my heart says my heart wants me to take FSU and say that they've got something special brewing, but my head goes, see this Clemson team 
is just too dominant. That being said, what a what an interesting line. I don't know if that's because people are just flowing with this, this newfound life in Florida State or whether or not there's something about Clemson that we're overlooking. Um, you know what? I'm going to go – this sounds stupid. I'm going to go Florida State. This is another one of those teams that has not beat – I mean, these are, these are really big rivals, um, and it's a team that hasn't beaten their – probably one of the biggest, not the biggest, obviously you've got Miami and Florida that would, that are the biggest rivals, but outside of that, the biggest rival that Florida state has contended with over the past decade. And I think, I think I'm just going to go with my heart here and I'm going to go Florida state probably stupidly. So, but they've been pretty good against the spread. And I think that it's going to be another potential close loss there at home. Crowds going to be fired up night game, ABC. I think that this Clemson team has been good but they've been letting teams hang around when they are, um, you know, I mean, they had to go to double overtime versus Wake, and NC State certainly was close as well, and I think Jordan Travis might be one of the better quarterbacks they've faced so far. So what the heck? I'm going to take Florida State in this one, just if only because my biased brain tells me to do so. What about you? Well, I'm, I, I'm, you know, this is one of those that I've fallen victim to the last couple of weeks. I was all ready to surprise you and take FSU, and then you just switch switch gears at the last second, and it makes me want to go Clemson mm-hmm. um, because I I it's not a game I see Clemson losing, uh, but the line this is all about line the line play for me, and 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 why is FSU only three and a half point underdogs against Clemson, who's looked very good the last couple of weeks. I think when you break it down, FSU, you know, does have a pretty good home field advantage. Um, I, man, I, I think they'll come out and, and, and play better than they did last week against NC State. I think it will be tough um, because you saw NC State has a good defense and they were able to really, you know, kind of shut them down there. Uh, and But they should have won. That's one of those things where they should have won that game. Um, and I'm not sure Clemson's just going to go in there and, and have as much success as uh, they have the last couple weeks. I hate this. It's actually making me feel worse talking it out. I don't know if you um, are are kind of hearing me stumble over my words because I'm looking at some things going, well, what the hell am I thinking here? Um, I'm going to go FSU plus three and a half, but I hate everything about it. Let's just say (laughs) that. Um, So give me the Noles plus three and a half. Um, This is really random, but I happen to be on Twitter right now. And Jalen Daniels, who I just reported, has a uh, separation of his shoulder just tweeted out that and said, sheesh, that's news to me. Like what? Interesting. Yeah. What? Interesting. That's, a, that's actually one of it's, it's, it's very interesting. Cause I thought Bean looked better than Jalen Daniels. Now, obviously there's a reason Jalen Daniels won the starting job in the first place, sure. but I think that what TC was prepared for is Jalen Daniels, legs, mm-hmm. and they were able to kind of contain him there. Um, and, and they were not prepared for an aired out type of quarterback. So maybe that's, uh, that's, you know, maybe with time to prepare, Bean is uh, a little bit more defendable. Um, but uh, who knows? I mean, that's an interesting game. All right. Rolling on on the SEC Network at 730 Eastern Time, the number 16 Mississippi State Bulldogs in Lexington to take Lexington to take on the number 22 Kentucky Wildcats. Mississippi State has one lone blemish on their record. That was a loss in Baton Rouge to LSU. Kentucky dropped their last two Ole Miss and Shockingly, South Carolina, though maybe not shockingly, perhaps here the uh, Kentucky exposure party continues on. They were, I believe, a top 10 team at one point, um, and certainly people were thinking Will Levis was living up to all of the hype. He has not been amazing. Um, Will Rogers, on the other hand, as well. I mean, he's the thing about Will Rogers is he puts up prolific numbers. But he's also going, he throws so damn much that like he's also going to throw some interceptions. So maybe Kentucky here can capitalize on some of those. They are seven-point dogs there at home. I think Mississippi State's pretty good, and I think that they're starting to build some momentum, and they scare the ever-living crap out of me here as we have to go into uh, Starkville to play them. Um, on the flip side, Kentucky has been just reeling. Do I think they drop a third straight is the question. I don't think they're a type of team necessarily – to deal in a, a in a, a, a shootout, though. That's my only thing. That's kind of where I'm coming down to, is if this is a shootout, if they're going to have to keep pace with Mississippi State, I don't see that happening. Um, but maybe perhaps they can slow it down just a little bit and keep their uh, keep their offense on the field and keep Will Rogers from scoring and, and, and like I said, maybe capitalize on some of those. Um, I'm going to go Kentucky plus the points here, although not, not – uh, 
feeling confident about that at all. I think Mississippi State, like I said, is starting to pick up momentum, and I think they're a pretty dang good team. But I don't know if they've really played many people, Pierce. Like, they've been winning convincingly, but, like, perhaps their best win is Texas A&M, who has looked kind of garbage aside from last week, which I just think there's some voodoo spell that Jimbo's put on uh, put on old Saban there. I think that, like, this could be a, a scary situation for them, especially not at home. They haven't played away since that LSU game. They did it to play at Arizona, and that was a convincing win. But I think that I, I don't think Kentucky's the kind of team that skids three games in a row. I mean, maybe that's just maybe that's dumb to, for me to think. But I think that in a team that potentially kind of has turned a corner a little bit, but maybe they're just who we always thought they were. I'm going to take Kentucky plus the points here. I think that they're able to keep this one close. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I just want it to be interesting. I'm not sure. Uh, but I do think Mississippi State might run up against a, uh, a little bit more of a wall than everybody's thinking. So I'm going to take Kentucky here with you. What about you? Yeah, we've got a team here uh, at the pro level that is very similar to Mississippi State in regards to when they're favorites, you know it's going to be a struggle. When they're underdogs, they seem to play really well. Now you've got Mississippi State coming off a big blowout win against Arkansas. They also blew out Texas A&M. What was the common denominator there? It was at home. Now they're seven-point favorites. I think this line's a little overinflated. I do believe Kentucky's going to get back Will Levis. I will check on that. Obviously, if he doesn't go, then this is a no-take for me. I'd probably flip it to Mississippi State. Um, but Will Levis will... While I don't think he's a, a world beater, and, and even though people are saying he has first round tools, I think this is a guy that when he gets, uh, when all is said and done this season, he's going to fall to the third or fourth round. I just don't see him. Um, he's just not an electric uh, quarterback. I mean, some of the games he's struggled in this year, he should have put up big numbers. He just does. And I know he's lost some weapons around him, and I know he hadn't has, had Chris Rodriguez in the backfield there. But just him coming back, if he does, will give a jolt to this entire Kentucky team. They're embarrassed to lose to South Carolina last week, um, despite it being their backup quarterback. He really couldn't do much. I think Kentucky's got a, a, a decent defense. Um, you know, they're, they're going to want to play Ben, but don't break here against Mississippi State, obviously. Keep Mississippi State out of the end zone. Um, but if they can keep Mississippi State in the 20s, I think Kentucky not only will uh, cover this spread, but has every chance to win at home. Uh, so give me Kentucky plus seven over Mississippi State in a perfect classic spot to fade Mississippi State and Mike Leach. Absolutely. All right. On the ACC Network at 8 p.m. Eastern time, the North Carolina Tar Heels and Duke in a battle of the triangle, um, North Carolina is a seven-point favorite in that one. Duke has losses to Kansas and Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, shocking, to be honestly, but been playing decent ball considering it's Duke. On the other side, North Carolina, they're going to score points, but they're going to let you score as well. They're lone blemish, a loss to Notre Dame at home. This is a pretty fierce rivalry, Pierce. It's one of the reasons it is the reason I put it on here. Um, this is kind of what I was talking about, though. Like You had some really good games at the top and then some kind of that you're like, eh. Um, so I put this one on because it's a big rivalry, and I'll be interested to see what North Carolina is able to do um, in, in a game like this. Their defense has, like I said, been terrible. Um, and, and I think that you've got to see some some kind of turnaround here potentially. Um to give up 24 points to Miami is crazy unheard of. I mean, they've been just letting teams, any team score on them. I mean, remember the App State game, 63 to 61, the final. So Duke's going to be able to score here. Um, it's whether or not they're going to be able to stop uh, the quarterback, Drake May, or not. I am going to go with this one. I'm going to go Duke plus the points. I think that they're going to be able to, at home, in a, in a, um, in a game that I think people are going to be picking North Carolina because they're not going to really have a lot of information here. Um, if you don't really watch the games, if you don't watch a ton of Tar Heel football, you're not going to know how bad their defense is, defense is, I should say. I think Duke hung, hangs around on this one, and I think that they are uh, able to cover that point spread. Though I will say that I will not be surprised if UNC goes out here and blows them out. Um, I just think that I just can't pick them because of how bad their defense has been. If you can't tell, even though the, the league has turned more offense-minded uh, over the past few years, I can't help but think if you don't have the basics down, you're not going to be able to cover big point spreads like that. So give me North Carolina or give me Duke to cover North Carolina to win. I'm uh, I'm actually going to go on the flip side of this one and it's a scary one. These are the types of game I've been losing um, in, in, you know, the past couple of weeks since I've had this little um, tough stretch, rough stretch, I should say, uh, you know, the Duke blue, the Duke blue devils. I just think the cheese has fallen off or slid off the cracker with this one. You know, they went in and played Kansas 
Um, it, I think they were both ranked at the same time. They were both undefeated. Uh, and, and, and Kansas was able to, to not only get it done, um, but, but, you know, until a late touchdown was really kind of, kind of controlling the game there. Um, and, and they're, and I know Georgia tech, I know Duke's coming off a bad loss to Georgia tech. So they should be motivated in this spot at home against a rival, but I can't get that loss to Georgia tech out of my head. They are just downright awful. And when I think what's been in interesting to me from this UNC side of things, you know, yeah, they gave up 24 points to Miami. Who's been poor offensively, but still they've that's, that's better than what they've done all season. And then Georgia, Virginia tech, who I know is bad on defense, but they got to, they only got to 10 points against UNC. So it seems like, and I'm hoping that this UNC defense has kind of turned things around. I don't think this is a Duke team that can go out and score with UNC. They're going to have to rely on their defense at keeping this one close or keeping this one lower scoring affair. And this is going to be their best offense by far they faced. I think Drake May goes out and has another big game per usual. And uh, UNC covers this by 10 to 14, maybe even more if they play well defensively again. Uh, but I do think they get this uh, get this spread covered. Last but not least, the number seven USC Trojans and the number 20 Utah Utes. That game is at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Fox in Salt Lake City, USC, the road dogs, three and a half points. Someone fill me in why that might be the case. USC undefeated so far on the season, though they haven't had a ton of tests. I will say Wazoo probably being their best win so far on the season. Utah early loss to Florida in the first game of the season. And then most recently a loss to UCLA in UCLA, though both those losses have been away. And I will say that Florida might've given Utah their best game of the season and UCLA might be way better than people thought. Uh, so maybe a little bit of a get-right spot there for Utah. Perhaps that's what people are thinking. Both these offenses are good. Utah does lean a little bit heavier with the defense than USC. Caleb Williams is trying to kind of quietly, you're not hearing a ton of hype, but he does have a bit of a Heisman campaign going, and there's nothing to say USC can't potentially win out and be in the playout playoffs. They do have um, would have to go up against um, a gaining momentum Oregon team. Utah was the favorite heading into the season, though things have turned a little bit for them. Um, but again, I'm just not sure why this line is the way it is. I would have expected USC to be the favorite in this one, so maybe Vegas knows something that we don't. Um, when I'm looking ahead at what these teams have on their schedules, neither really of them have a look-ahead spot either. This is kind of one of the last... Big tests for both of them until the uh, second second to, to last, the penultimate game of the season, where they take on UCLA and Oregon, respectively. And I just think something's got to give eventually for USC. I think they're playing really good ball, but I do think this is, like I said, their biggest test so far of the season. It's away from home. I think the Utah crowd, no offense to the teams in LA. when they're, they're I know when USC is good, the, the city will get behind them, but they don't really have a big contingent, big fan base, base whereas Salt Lake City, I think, will be rocking a little bit more under those lights. They'll have pretty much everybody in the country looking their way as well. So I'm going to go Utah in this one um, because, like I said, I think something's got to give eventually for Lincoln Riley and company. It would be cra- – I mean, it could happen. It could definitely happen. But it would be crazy for him to come in in his first campaign as head coach there in L.A. and be able to absolutely dominate and run the table. So I think I see Utah covering this one. Hopefully it's a good game. But Kim Rising and company – Get it done. Give me the Utes in a get-right spot. Yeah, uh, this is a lot classic line. I love to love to bring up. Why is Utah favored? You, you know why? Why is Utah favored? They just got beat by UCLA. Um, they 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 got beat by Florida. Those aren't UCLA. Looks like a solid team. Florida's not good. Um, the one thing that was you you know the same in those two games was they went on the road and they had to play a quarterback that likes to run the football. If you've watched those two games, the one thing Utah likes to do and I don't think will change is they play man-to-man coverage on the backside on, on uh, in the secondary. And what that does is that means that anytime those those receivers go deep or or take take their uh you know routes upfield a little bit more, these DBs turn their back. And that creates a lot of open field space for the running for the quarterback to run. What is Caleb Williams? He's a very good athlete that can also run. He's gotten up to almost 50 yards a couple times this season. Certainly looking to pass first and foremost, where I think DTR and uh, Anthony Richardson are more of 
if not run first, much more run oriented. Uh, but Caleb Williams is is a very good athlete that can do the same. So that does scare me here. But why is Utah minus three and a half? I think it's a couple things. I, you hit on it. Utah is a very, very tough game to play, um, tough place to play at. And, uh, you know, I do think USC is going to be sucking some air. When you look at what USC's done, they they went on the road and, and you know, had to pull out a, a late win against, I believe it was Oregon State, 17-14. Um, and, and I think if Utah can... I think if Utah can kind of muck this up a little bit um, defensively, then I think they have every chance to win this game and to cover this spread. USC's defense is not very good, um, and 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 I love the aspects going uh, going for USC with Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison, and Caleb Williams being able to run. Maybe he runs for 60, 70 yards this this game, and that's the difference. Um, I I just think this is fun. this is a spot that I highlighted. I think preseason that USC would probably be undefeated going into this game, and this is where they'll get their first loss. Now, Utah's not the same team that I thought they were uh, preseason. Obviously, losing to Florida, not totally shocked about that one, um, but pretty surprised about the UCLA game. And maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I'm not sure how elite US, UCLA is. I think you know, you'll know you see them lose a couple games here the, the back half of the season. Um, certainly a better UCLA team than than they have had in a long while, uh, but but Utah's at home. They're playing, and now this is something weird. I I read this today. Did you know that Utah is wearing helmets that have the photos like on the helmet of the two players that got shot and killed over the last year and a half? Holy crap! A red. I don't know how they're game. able to do that. I don't know how they're able to put two dead murdered people on like this that seems really strange that they would allow that Mm -hmm. but at the same time you're you're on the right track there there's going to be a ton of motivation in this game you know it's almost like yeah it's almost like when uh when when a coach or when a like a a mascot you know passes away sadly or or something like that there's extra motivation i know that's a weird thing because this is real humans um so i don't want to get morbid or out of place here but I think that'll give them a little extra juice in this one um, to go out and, and honor their fallen comrades. Um, and, and so I like Utah on this one, minus three and a half, to give USC their first loss of the season. Just seems like too good of a spot um, for this Utah team. Yeah, wow. Didn't know that. That is heavy, heavy, but uh, interesting. Definitely interesting, but, I mean, kind of cool. Kind of cool. It'd be interesting to see how they execute that with knowing that those it's just are, weird that they would put them on like yeah. yeah that's just a weird thing to do like maybe 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 and i and and i'm sure they're like maybe put their initials on each side of the helmet you sure. know or maybe you put their names like in cursive on the side the the faces seems a little morbid a little weird um but regardless knowing that uh, they're going to want to go out and honor those yeah. guys and um i think that gives them the extra juice needed to go out and put on a great performance against usc so for that uh give me utah Absolutely. All right. Last but not least, Pierce, it's time to hit them with your easy peasy picks of the week. Not that we condone gambling here at Bragging Rights, but here is what Pierce will be putting on his cards and what he thinks is worth you putting on yours as well. Pierce, tell him where to win the money this week. Wow. Well, putting me on the spot. I don't know if you uh, could tell in my voice in some of these breakdowns, but um, had a little issue uh, with the garage door beforehand. So wasn't able to prep beforehand. Uh, it was a pretty, pretty busy day. So was trying to feverishly go through these and, uh, and, and pick a few winners. I got a couple I like. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's dig in here. We hit on one already. Kentucky plus seven over Mississippi state. This is a total field play. Again, if Levis doesn't end up playing, which I'm pretty sure he's already been announced, but if he doesn't, this is a null and void. Do not take Kentucky. But I think if Levis is back, I think they're able to keep this one close on the road. Like I said, Mississippi State struggles as favorites, not uh, not only in their program over the last five, six years, but in particular with Mike Leach coach teams. I think they'll have a little bit more uh, trouble uh, putting up, you know, the 40 points that they've done the last two weeks that was at home. And, and I think Kentucky will be juiced up with getting Levis back um, in a spot where I think uh, they, they can not only uh, cover this spread, but potentially pull out the outright upset. Next one is a very ugly game between two teams that, um, you know, depending on where you stood, you thought were going to be much better than, than where they are currently and including one team I really liked, and that's the BYU Cougars. Um, they have now got two losses, obviously getting destroyed by Oregon on the road up in Eugene. And then this past week, neutral site game, Notre Dame fans really traveled well to Vegas 
and and don't let that score fool you. Notre uh, fool you. Notre Dame really really be dominated that that BYU team. There's one thing I do know about BYU, and and it and it's very similar to Utah. BYU just plays well at home. Um, they're they're underdogs here by one and a half. Maybe you just take the money line if that's offered. Uh, but BYU can throw it around a little bit, and I do believe they've got their weapons back at wide receiver. And there's if there's one thing I know, this Arkansas defense is awful. Um, I, they rank I think 121 in total defense, and in particular on the back end with uh, some of their injured starters. They're just getting torched left and right. They're on a three-game losing streak, and now they've got to go to one of the toughest venues in the country to win at and in, in out there um, against a BYU team who's who's pesky. Um, they haven't lived up to the expectations, but I don't know why Arkansas is a favorite here. I know they get back KJ Jefferson, or I believe he'll be back. But if there's one thing you've seen this year, when they've been able to win against Cincinnati or against um, who was it at home? Um, I'm going blank. They had Rocket Rocket Sanders, um, their running back, just absolutely run all over the place. I, I think that might be a little tougher to do on the road here. And KJ Jefferson has not been able to connect with his receivers. He doesn't have a game breaker like Traylon Burks anymore. And 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 for that reason, I think BYU should be the favorite here. And I think they'll squeak out a win. And and since they are underdogs, I love 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 that play. Um, and then last, actually, I'll throw a, a two out here. Actually, I I like. The Georgia Vandy over. Like I said, I was torn on who to take Vandy or Georgia. Um, I, you know, either way, I think if Georgia covers, they're going to get to 50. And I think if Vandy covers, they're going to get to 14, 20 points, 14, 17 points. And I don't think Georgia will, will score fewer than 40 points on this one. The over under is uh, at 58 and a half. I think this could get to 60. Um, I, I this is going to be a little bit of a smaller play for me. Um, but I do like that over. I've been riding the Vandy overs all season. I think this is another spot where they could, if they can get me some points, it's all about Vandy here. I believe if they can get me uh 14 to 17 points, I think this one goes over and then uh, a little bit bigger play similar to Kentucky and uh, BYU. Again, another game we just covered. I'm going to take Utah. Um, and you know, what's funny. I actually talked myself into that play as I was going through my spiel with you. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but Utah is favored here in a spot where, um, it would be a pick em, more like a pick em on neutral field. In fact, I think if this was on a neutral field, because of how great of a home field advantage Utah, uh, does have, I think this might be USC minus three. If it was on a neutral, um, I think, uh, that it's that big of a deal to be playing, um, in Utah and, and, and it's going to be difficult for this USC team. This is going to be their toughest test despite Utah not looking, uh, quite up to what people thought going into the season. They thought this could be the Pac-12 winner. Certainly, they still have a shot, having only lost um, one game to UCLA. Uh, but this is a spot, obviously, a motivating spot with those uh, with honoring their two fallen uh, teammates. And and this is a spot where I think that they'll 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 be able to contain Caleb Williams a little bit more and and put up the necessary points. And, and this is a bad USC defense. I don't know if Cam Rising will give them some of their opportunistic. Uh, turnovers that they've gotten in some of these games, which has kind of covered up how poor USC's defense has been. Um, so give me the Utah Utes minus three and a half to take down and give the USC Trojans their first loss of the season. All right, there you go. That does it for our week seven preview. A little bit longer this week. We had a lot to cover. We'll be back here in just a few days after the weekend and all the dust has settled to recap this slate of games and look forward to week eight. Make sure to follow us on social media at Brag and Pod across Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast currently. Share it with a friend. Rate it. Do all those fun things. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back shortly, but until then, I'm Madison. And I'm Pierce. Stay blessed, y'all. <laughs>